Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Thank you once again for joining another episode of the Solar PV Cast. Yes, I'm Chris. It is brought to you by Shift. For all your solar and energy storage needs, visit shift.ca. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about agrivoltaics. Agrivoltaics, agriculture and photovoltaics, putting them together just makes sense. Farming and solar. I read that sheep are actually happier in a field with solar panels. Yes, apparently they have done studies on this. This is actually happening right now in a farm just outside of Ottawa. The Shady Creek Lamb Company. Joining us from the uh, that company is Lindsay Smith, owner of that company. Thank you for joining the podcast. Just wonderful to be here, Chris. This is super exciting. So Agrivoltaic. So, so tell me, you're doing this right now with a, a large solar field uh, uh, near your farm. How, how did this come about? And I can't wait to find out if the sheep are actually happier. <laughs> Okay, there's a lot to cover there, but uh, we we started doing this, and so my partner and I, also named Chris, uh, started doing this in a pilot in 2017, and have been uh, grazing our sheep at solar sites under the solar panels. Yes, doing agrivoltaics before we knew what it was. So we didn't know it had a name. The name is pretty new. People are getting used to this idea that uh, solar panels installed on land uh, don't necessarily stop farming from happening. So that was a bit of a even will admit for us. Uh, we saw solar panels as sort of taking away farmland, uh, but we've just started farming it differently. That's all. So uh, we move our sheep in in the spring. So we are, of course, near Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we do get winter for a good part of the year. So our sheep spend winters at home. And then as soon as there's some green grass, they head to the solar site, uh, just about uh, 10 kilometers or six miles from our home farm. And they have their lambs there under the panels. And they spend the whole summer doing what we call vegetation abatement for the solar company. So we don't own the, the site. We don't uh, receive any of the proceeds from the power, but we are paid to take care of the vegetation on site. So those panels can work um, safely and without fire hazard and stay clear. That's incredible. I read that the site, you know, powers 7,000 homes. So you guys are playing a role in that. How did it, I mean, you, you mentioned you didn't even know what agrivoltaics was. How did that did you just reach out to them? Like, what's the story about that? Yes. So um, I'm not a shy person. Neither is my partner. And uh, but it really actually came down to it's a bit of a story of, you know, trying to figure out how to farm in and trying to grow the farm without going broke with debt and trying to compete for land prices and, and those things. So th this particular solar site was the first commercial solar site. It's 200 acres. It was the first one in Ontario put in uh, many years ago. So by the time we came along, it had been there about nine years. And uh, Chris grew up in this area. He had driven by it over and over and thought, we should really put sheep in there. And so we were at a point where we wanted to grow our flock. We wanted to grow our farm, but realistically could not buy land. Uh, it's just not, there's not really any available. We are up against, you know, development and housing and we really can't compete. And so this has allowed us, we, we quite literally cold called them and said, we'd love to put sheep in the site. What do you think? And they said, let's talk about it. So we did. We met about it. Um, it has been a learning process for both of us, for the solar company, as well as for us. Um, I can't overstate that, that this is not a slam dunk easy peasy, but it is a slam dunk as far as when it works, it works really well. Uh, but it 
it really has been a matter of, you know, making sure we have enough sheep, the right sheep, because you'd be surprised not all sheep know how to eat grass. Uh, fencing has been a challenge. Predators are a challenge. But ultimately, it really has allowed us uh, to grow our farm, to grow our flock without having to take on huge amounts of debt. So it, it really is a win-win in that sense, too. Incredible. And I mean, from there... From their perspective, rather than paying, you know, someone to bring in a gas-powered lawnmower or anything mm -hmm. to do that, they're using nature. Amazing. And, of course, having uh, somebody with the flock in the field, you know, they're going to get people to keep their eyes on the solar panels as well and make sure yeah. everything's good on that end. Well, and there's so there's a few benefits for sure. One of them, absolutely, is you know, the solar company has reduced its fossil fuel use significantly, either directly or indirectly. Um, it doesn't mean that we never mow. And in fact, we've made hay on the site in between the panels to feed the flock in the winter. Um, and there's still some cleanup that has to happen around fences and those sorts of things. But we've we've eliminated the large scale mowing. Um, we have almost completely eliminated any need for herbicides because the sheep live, they, they are right under the panels. And so they go right against the posts that are tough to get the, the weeds and things and the climbing vines off of they take all that down we have uh, a beekeeper who keeps honeybees on site as well because there's always plants blooming because we rotationally graze we manage the grazing so there's always something growing and always something mature on site um, and one of the big wins really has been on the PR side to be honest the the farm that we're on there were a lot of people that weren't super pleased to see solar go in and when we brought the sheep in and people noticed they were there, uh, there's a Facebook group for the local town for Arn Prior and people were posting pictures and saying that they were so glad to see, you know, food being grown again on this farm um, and on this solar site. And so it's been a real win for the community as well. There are people that um, will actually drive grab a sandwich, go park beside the site and just watch the sheep craze and have their lunch. Um, and it, so it's been a, it's been a sort of a really great way to get involved with the community as well. And people are really happy to see uh, livestock back uh, on the land too. Wow. That's incredible. Are the sheep happier in your opinion? Is there a depressed <laughs> sheep when they're not there? So um, I don't know if, if I can say that a sheep is happier per se but i can say that a sheep in a in a in the middle of summer is very happy to have shade and solar panels absolutely provide that so we do notice a significant difference in plant growth between the panels and under the panels so in a very dry year we will see browning off you know plants going dormant um, a lot less growth in between the panels because there's just so much heat and sunlight um, and underneath the panels will stay green and much cooler and so it actually mitigates that risk of drought for sure but the sheep definitely have that option of staying in the shade which even on a you know even pasture sheep that don't aren't offered shade don't even get that you know they'll use a brush or a, a tree or if they have shelter provided um so you'll often find them especially in the heat of the day they're all lined up having a snooze under the panels and appreciate that shade uh so we we make sure that when we fence them they always have at least a row or two um even when we're doing the outside rounds just to make sure that they've got somewhere to go that's nice and cool and and yes this is a a big thing we're always told is nothing grows under solar panels but that is not true. Things grow very well and sometimes better under solar panels. There it is. We're myth busting as well. That is what we're doing. Yeah. 
in this article, the CBC article, how I found you guys, there's a picture of a little mom and her baby just relaxing under the solar <laughs> panel. Has it helped, you know, with growth in terms of lambs and, and things like that for the farm? I know you talked about some goals, use and lambs and growth and things like that. Um, so, it, it yes, um, in that it's allowed us, if we were to try and build a barn, to lamb everything at the same time, we'd be spending a ridiculous amount of money for a building we wouldn't, we would use for six weeks out of the year. So our, we chose to move to a system where our sheep lamb at the solar and under the panels. And we very strategically bought sheep to do the initial expansion uh, that were already raised under a pasture system and already giving birth outside unassisted, love their lambs, raise them. And so we are, we want sheep that are very independent and hands off and do very well grazing, but also don't need help at lambing. We're there several times a day when they are lambing and we certainly will step in to help if we need to. Uh, but the, we can run far more sheep with fewer labor units than if we were trying to keep them all in a barn and, and seeing to each one of them individually. So it has significantly sort of changed the um, economic model of what we can run on the land base we have and with the people we have, for sure. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, it's not just moving land, sheep to the to this field. It, it has a ripple effect through the whole business on both sides. Oh, absolutely. And, and because we have sheep that will graze and that are used to you know, electric fence, because we have to cross fence. This, it's pretty labor intensive because you have to make sure the sheep stick in one area and do a good enough job cleaning up an area before they move to the next. Um, it also has meant that we've been able to graze cover crops in the fall. So that's certainly a new um, a new push within agriculture is to try and keep that soil covered uh, throughout the year. So after the winter wheat crop comes off, there's still weeks of growth uh, that can happen. So we've been putting in cover crops or other farmers have, and our sheep move from the solar site to the cover crops, um, even into winter grazing. And so it's really extended the grazing that our sheep can do. Um, and, and we know that not all sheep can do that. Um, it is learned behavior. And uh, we certainly have had experience with barn sheep. Uh, so sheep that are raised in, in housing, in barns, um, they don't necessarily know what an electric fence is. They don't necessarily know, um, you know, they might not favor certain plants because that's not what they're used to. Uh, they don't flock as well, which is actually really important. So it it has, it's an entire production system from sort of beginning to end that's built around solar grazing. Right. Wow. You mentioned uh, early how you do mow, but that's also a massive bonus as well because you get, I think it was called the first cut. So when it's yeah. really long, you go in, you clear it out and then, but, but that's not a waste. You're using that to get through the winter. Yeah. So uh, we did that. So we've been doing this now, as I said, our, our, since 2018, a full season. And we certainly were not, uh, we didn't have enough sheep the first two years to do a good enough job on the site for sure. And, uh, and so we did, we, we did make hay the first two years, which exactly that we didn't, uh, it didn't all turn into hay. So one of the things, if anyone's ever made hay, um, you know, you can cut it in a straight line, but usually you ted it or you rake it. So you're moving it side to side. You can't do any of that. You have a very small alley that you can make hay. So you do need to make dry hay, meaning it has to be dry enough for, 
you know, quite some time to make dry hay. Um, that doesn't always happen. In which case, though, then it just compa- composts back in. It's it's not a loss either. Um, but definitely, it did help certainly with the winter feeding uh, to be able to to hay some of the some of the in between. And we have certainly some of the big open areas outside the panels. We've hayed those as well. It helps to clean up the site, but exactly that, it just feeds the flock for the winter too. Amazing. Now, sheep are best, I've heard, because somebody was saying, well, what about goats? Mm. But goats eat everything and anything, right? And the sheep, (laughs) so you don't want them to take down a solar panel. That's and right. Sheep, so <laughs> sheep aren't touching the equipment though. They're happy with the grass. Yeah. So it's usually the usually the biggest question is, you know, what about wiring or what about so and and that is why we did the pilot project in fall of 2017 was we had the same questions. We wanted to know, you know, would they would they chew on things? Would they get hurt? Would they um, you know, those sorts of things as far as the panel setups. And honestly, it it's n- not an issue. Um Probably the biggest issues with livestock being injured, let's say uh, we have livestock guardian dogs, they sometimes have jumped and caught the corner of a panel and and managed to nick themselves. Uh, so I'm not saying it never happens, but the the sheep for the most part have never worried about wiring. They don't, they're not super curious like goats and they don't climb like goats. Um, I'm not saying no one will use goats because there could very well be someone trying to use goats. I don't know that I'd ever be comfortable, but I will put out there, um, there are, I, I forget the state right now, but there, there is a site that is specifically designed for cattle because the same advantages work for cattle, the shade, the, the heat stress. But of course they have to be much higher off the ground because cattle love to rub on things. And when a 2000 pound animal wants to scratch its back, they're going to do some damage. So. Yeah, there are uh, there are instances where cattle are being used, but but sheep really, I mean, they're they're low to the ground. They're great grazers, um, and they just are such. They are a really great fit for the existing solar sites already. So uh, maybe going forward, someone wants to build taller panels for cattle or goats, but for now, sheep are a really good fit. Have you joined some sort of agrivoltaic community through this adventure? Are you reaching out to other farms that are doing it? Are you sharing tips and tricks? That's a great question because this is very new. So when we started, like when we were like, okay, we're, we're going to try this, there was quite literally in Ontario, in our province, one other farm that had just started the year before doing this that we know that we knew of and frankly I still think they were the first ones and it literally had only been a year so we did go down to tour and to talk to them about it and you know what they learned and uh Don uh Lewis who whose farm and they're still solar grazing now he had actually uh traveled to the UK and uh had looked into what some other countries were doing and was trying to figure out you know can we bring this to Canada um, and so that was sort of the beginning, but there is actually a, a fantastic organization that um, we were thankful to be a part of from the beginning, which is the American Solar Grazing Association. So ASGA, ASGA.org um, or solargrazing.org. If you head over there, it brings together uh, producers, sheep farmers, uh, but also the power companies and some of the research and academe all together. And then just... Uh, a couple months ago, Agrivoltaics Canada was uh, put together and is just getting off the ground here. So um, ASCO's got a couple of years on Agrivoltaics Canada, uh, but there's definitely a coming together of um, people that are doing this or want to do this. And then 
more casually, of course, most of us, we have friends in Alberta that are doing this now. Um, most of the people who have taken on solar sites in Ontario, we know as well. Um, and we have found one or two people that we didn't realize were doing it. But uh, for the most part, you know, we all keep in touch and it's a pretty small community. So, but yeah, it's starting, there are starting to be some organizations involved as well. You're at the you're at the leading edge. Other farmers will be coming to you for advice. You got to start a Facebook group or something. Or something, yeah. <laughs> but then I have to be on Facebook. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And you, I'm just thinking now. You know, sheep. Okay, in a field, there's the herding dogs. Does, does yes? Can the dogs still herd with the solar panels? Does it yes. get in their way? It well, they do, and so it's definitely one of those. Uh, we've had to learn some of these things and there's just no other way to do it. But by learning um, your traditional border collies are still going to work, uh, but you definitely need dogs that are a little bit more independent that don't need you sort of telling them every single thing to do because we are dealing with large sites, large flocks, and you don't, you lose sight of the dogs because you've got the panels in the way uh, you've got long grass sometimes in the way. And so you know, you really do need dogs that can work a little independently. Um, definitely, we're seeing some people who are taking their, you know, traditional trialing collies that and and trying to work them in solar and they're they're kind of frustrated um, because it's a bit tougher. Um, but we've actually we're having good success. It's only his first year really working, but we've actually um, got a hunt away, which is a New Zealand herding dog. And they've been bred to sort of muster up on the mountains where they use their big bark to to get the sheep to flock and move them down the mountain. And that actually that style of gathering actually works really well in a solar. So uh, his name is Ozzy. And he is learning. And he's a bit of a goof. Uh, but you'd be amazed if you've got sheep with good flocking instincts, that big bark really gets them to sort of all group together. And then sheep are much easier to move once they're in a group altogether so it's a challenge though for sure yeah yeah i mean it's so incredible though that it's it really is is becoming such a massive part of you've had to create a new way to do to raise sheep and to farm sheep and uh, and yeah and a lot of it is you know putting together sort of what's out there and then the second part is figuring out what parts work well and what parts don't. And there's still definitely some challenges that we're trying to figure out. Predation is still a big issue. So we do have mm. coyotes that like to eat sheep. Um, so that's an issue. Um, managing the number of sheep per acre to do a good job that you don't run out of feed, but also you make sure that you're doing a good enough job for the solar company is a bit of a science and an art and a, and a challenge. Um, and fencing. So keeping the labor costs down is a, is a huge challenge with, within what we do. Um, because we need to move the sheep often. And that means building and taking down fences often. And that's all time. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even changing, looking at different breeds that work better, you know, within the panels and what, I mean, you've, you've talked about some of the challenges that you have faced. What are, what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about kind of leading this new agrivoltaic world? Yeah, it's, um, it is really, it is super neat to be involved in something that really there are other people doing, but it's like a handful of people. So we do get to talk to each other. Um, I love watching the sheep move to a new paddock and just start munching so they get very loud when they're moving and they always know like as soon as we get there in the morning they start 
they start calling and everyone sort of gathers to where they think we're going to open the gate. And, and then they rush into the new uh, paddock and, and then it's just, all you hear is like rustling leaves and, and chewing. And it's just such a like calming, really lovely sound of seeing happy sheep chewing um, and just doing their job, which is really great. But the other part that I think probably we both love uh, more than we maybe thought we would is seeing how much biodiversity exists in these sites and under these panels. So this, we've been doing this now, uh, you know, this is our sixth full season and the monarch butterflies, because we have a lot of milkweed and the spiders and the birds and the, like the praying mantis and all the insects that live under there. Like, it's just, it's a really lovely, it is very much a very vibrant, you know, a live pasture. It just happens to have all these glass panels in it. Um, so, but in between and underneath, it's it's a lush pasture that's full of life, and it it's really enjoyable uh, to hang out in there. Um, you know, thistles notwithstanding, uh, there still are those. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. I yeah. feel like there's a Pixar movie under those panels in there somewhere. <laughs> you know, all the animals call, get Pixar. together. Yeah, give that's me, right. Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing, and and you, it's continuing because I know in the article I read, um, it's a few years old at this point. Yeah, but it talked about how you know you do you signed a three year contract out of the gate, but you you mentioned you're six and going and continuing. Absolutely, and actually, so since that article, I think that was 2018 or 2019. I want to say so for uh, we have added a second site. So we um, for the the original company that we were working with, uh, we now have uh, 400 acres under panels that we're taking care of for them. And then this year, we started a new setup with another company working with another couple producers to try and get things set up for them as well. And that's another 400 acres. So I will, I'll, I'll be completely honest, we've turned down more acres than we're currently grazing and and probably almost every year so every year we have and hats off to the solar companies they are very keen they want sheep in their sites um they know that it can work they they want to uh you know move to this model and so we get the companies usually call us the most and then we get we do get farmers that also call and say like what is this all about there's a site not far from me um so the but the challenge really is finding the right people. So again, you have to be willing to do fencing. You have to be willing to put your sheep outside, recognize there's predation. You need a, you need a sufficient number to really be able to take on a contract. So that can be a challenge. And then from the company side, um, solar grazing doesn't look like mowing and it can be a real challenge for a site to see sheep doing what they're doing, but it's a lot slower. So mowing, everything gets mowed at once. And then, you know, they might come in six weeks, eight weeks later and mow it again. For us, we're there from May to October. And so it takes a long time to get the site all, you know, where we want it. And that can be a, a pretty big adjustment for the companies. So there's, we've added, we've grown significantly. We'll, we'll continue to do that. Um, but it's, finding the people and finding the right sheep at scale is is probably one of the biggest holdbacks and i know this is like in the states it's the same and it's growing like gangbusters in the, in the states as well but that is still one of the concerns is we can't just create 5000 sheep overnight that mm -hmm. are all electric fence trained and in the right spots so um it's it is a bit of there will be some growing pains here in trying to meet all the demands for sure and that's part of being a pioneer in that, you know, setting up those firsts every yep. day. There's a new first and figuring it out. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
you know, in the beginning, you said it's so challenging trying not to, as a farmer, not to go broke and not to go into debt and to find land. And now you're turning land away. Yes, because, and and really that's the limit of, it's the people power limit Mm -hmm. and sheep, uh, but it's the people power. We can only do so much. And and we have, um, we have some really great staff uh, because the other thing is none of these sites are close to each other, right? So mm. we have to have someone that is within a 10 minute drive at all times, um, just to make sure that if there's ever an emergency or if something goes wrong or a dog is out or something, we have someone close by. And so, um, we've built a really strong team, but it is also seasonal. So it only works for certain people. And that's one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, We'd love to say yes all the time, but we still have to do a job and we need the people to do it and the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, if the Shady Creek Lamb Company ever uh, comes out to the West Coast and you need a guy to check in on the lambs, (laughs) just let me know. I will will let you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Well, I mean, thank you so much for joining the chat, uh, Lindsay. This has been incredibly eye opening and incredibly uh, exciting. You know, to see, to see solar, uh, as a fan of solar, to see it merge so perfectly. I mean, you talk about using one piece of land for multiple purposes, like mm-hmm. amazing yes. power generation for the homes in the city and, and food and life and the milk spiders, I think you said. And- <laughs> there's all sorts. There's a, we, we think about it. So there's power generation for sure, food. So we, we do sell lamb. Um, we also use wool sheep. So there's the fiber aspect as well. And then, yes, the honeybees and the biodiversity and the habitat. It, I mean, it's, I've said it before and, and I stand by it that the biodiversity on, on our solar sites, I would put against, uh, just about any other piece of land. And, and I would be very proud to, to show what all grows there and what we can produce off of one acre for sure. Incredible. How can somebody find out more? Is there more info about what you're doing on your website? And uh, Somewhat. So I would say we do. So I joke about Facebook, but Shady Creek Lamb Co. does have a Facebook page. Uh, we do. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Shady uh, Creek Lamb. There's underscores in between. But I highly recommend if anyone is interested in, in getting involved, uh, solargrazing.org that's the american solar grazing association great resources there um and of course you know uh if you're if you're in ontario come on by or if you're going to travel through we love to do tours so yeah yeah incredible well the podcast is global so hopefully we get uh, some ontario we listeners love, there we go we love company. <laughs> amazing Lindsay Smith from the Shady Creek Lamb Company uh, in Ontario talking to us about agrivoltaics and what they're doing uh, at their farm. They're leading the country, uh, merging their sheep with a solar field. Lindsay, thanks for joining the podcast today. Thanks so much. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.